I just returned from the state of Florida. It's 92 degrees, humidity not that bad, water rushing right up to the beach. The gentleman joining us on the telephone who's been there for a couple days now, he can attest to that. His name is Jimmy Himes. No, not on Sports Talk, but on your telephone here on the TSL Morning Show program. Jimmy, good morning to you. I'm sure the uh, state of Florida is uh, still enjoying the uh, the appearance of you being in-house, correct? Sunshine State still doing well? Morning. Well, yeah, it's still doing well. It's still hot down here. It is interesting. Somebody from Florida said, I don't know when we turned into Arizona, because over in Gainesville, where he lives, it was 102 degrees with 30% humidity. Oof. And he said, I, he said, that's pretty hot. So, but uh, it's been hot down here, but uh, it's uh, it's beautiful. It's a great place to have the SEC spring meeting. Uh, let me ask you this. How about a guy who's been deflecting a lot of heat the last couple of months? Uh, Jimmy, I'm going to ask you a question that was just on five burning questions. How does Will Wade still have a job at LSU? Because he went in and he told LSU and the NCAA that even though he made a bad rear-end offer to somebody, there was never any money that exchanged hands. He had to he had to have told them he didn't do anything wrong, regardless of what's on the wire tape. He did say that in the most in the latest trial in which he was accused of uh, paying Nasri three hundred up to three hundred thousand dollars, he denied that. That's the only thing he denied. He didn't deny saying the things that were on the tape. He said that he didn't, he wasn't able to confirm any of that based on the confidential conversation he had with LSU and with the NCAA. But um, uh, so I, I, I've got to believe that he went in, denied that he did anything wrong, that he didn't violate any NCAA rules. The NCAA bought it. Look, LSU wouldn't have reinstated him if the NCAA hadn't signed off on it, right? So that's the only way he convinced him he didn't do anything wrong. He talked a big game, but apparently no money changed hands. That's how he's still LSU's coach. Okay, is that opening up the Wild West for everybody else? Because, I mean, if let's be real, right? If you're at NC State and you've been getting crushed by North Carolina all these years, you look at it and say, we can pretty much just do anything. If you're Penny Hardaway in Memphis, you can sign three of the top five recruits in the nation, right? And who knows how you got them there? Well, when you say opening up the Wild Wild West, uh, which was named after you, I guess. Uh, I don't, <laughs> there it is. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about that being the case because, remember, there were 10 coaches that were indicted, right? So there were some people that fell. There were some people that got fired. Uh, and I guess they had more proof on them than they did Will Wade. So Will Wade being caught on tape saying he made an offer to somebody, uh, does that actually mean it ever occurred? Well, there's no proof that it occurred. There's And, and by the way, Javante Smart had to have denied it as well, right? Right. So – what what you might have had is somebody that was boasting about something that never happened. Uh, but there's no proof that anything did change hands. And if you have no proof, what are you going to do? Sell it from all the previews ahead of the meetings this week, Jimmy, that a lot of the, that the expectation is coming out of this, uh, these meetings that the SEC will approve alcohol sales inside conference sporting yeah. events. Do you think that's going to get done this week? I do. I think on Friday they'll vote on it. I asked Philip Palmer about it yesterday. And he kind of dodged a little bit, saying that, look, that, that's a decision uh, that uh, will be voted on later. And he said he didn't want to get out front of the chancellor at the University of Tennessee. But uh, talking to a number of people, I do think that they're going to pass that. Now, right now, there's alcohol sale that's allowed in premium seat areas of, of uh, stadiums or arenas, uh, not in, uh, in, in to everybody. I do think they're going to pass that. It was brought up again to Greg Sankey. Last night, as he had his press conference, or late yesterday evening, and uh, he said, "Yeah, you guys talk about that all the time." He said, "We'll just have to see." So, 
but I do think they're going to pass it on Friday. Uh, Jimmy Himes joining us. Destin, SEC spring meetings. You just brought up Greg Sankey. Uh, a lot of scheduling always gets brought up every year. There's always the conferences around the country, not named the SEC, who poke fun at some of the FCS schedulings late in the year, especially after the college football playoff rankings start coming out to preview the bowl games. Could you ever, Jimmy, see, and I, maybe ever is a bad way to ask this question, but in the foreseeable future, seeing the SEC move to a nine-game conference schedule, the Big Ten right now boasting and puffing their chest out saying, we cannibalize ourselves, but yet sometimes at the end of the road when it comes to the playoff, we don't get the benefit of having multiple teams in the playoff. Well, cannibalizing yourself in the Big Ten is interesting because there are not enough teams up there to eat each other up, okay? Yep. So... Even to me, even though you might play a nine-game conference schedule, which the ACC and the, and the Pac-12 and the Big Ten do, that doesn't mean your schedule's stronger. Because the, the SEC is so good in football, you can play an eight-game schedule, and then if you add Miami or you add Clemson or you add Florida State, your schedule's harder than teams that play nine-game schedules. I don't think the SEC is going to go from eight to nine. And Nick Saban wants nine. Uh, he's one of the few. But – if you're the SEC, why would you change? It's worked for you. You've had at least one team, sometimes two, in the college football playoffs every year. So why would you change what has been successful? Now, would I prefer to see nine? I would because I think it's a better inventory. But if they go to nine, then I think you will see some of these teams not schedule as many tough non-conference opponents or have those early season neutral site games that they've been having. So if you add another one, you – you may end up having more weak non-conference opponents on your schedule throughout the league. So based on what I'm hearing for you, let me throw out just a just a, another iron in the fire, if you will. The Big Ten, two years ago, they now have a new ruling that says, as of 2020 or 2021, forgive me on the year, I just know that the negotiations with FCS schools are over. If you already have signed the dotted line, you'll play those games, but that's it. Jim Delaney came out and said, we're not doing that anymore. If you are now the SEC, do you maybe to try to fan those flames, maybe avoid FCS scheduling, or are you just, it's not broke, don't fix it, just move on? Not broke, don't fix it. Here's the thing, too. There's some FCS schools that are better than some uh, FBS schools. Agree. Right? Agree. How many of them want to play North Dakota State? Exactly. So, uh, in Appalachian State, when it was FCS, they asked Michigan about them. So just because you're scheduling FCS doesn't mean it's not a good opponent. Now, there are some bad FCS teams, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you could, uh, you could have scheduled Appalachian State, uh, or you could have scheduled many years ago a 1 in 11 Wake Forest, which couldn't have beat Appalachian State. So I think you continue to do what you're doing. And one of the reasons I would be opposed to saying don't play any FCS teams, why would you play a weak uh, Division One team from the Northwest as opposed to playing Chattanooga? and keeping the 500,000 or the 800,000 in-state, or ETSU. You're helping your in-state institutions uh, rather than helping some out-of-state team that's a lower level. So I would not be in favor of that rule. Jimmy, we appreciate you taking a few minutes with us this morning in an air-conditioned hotel room. Uh, What's coming (laughs) up today for your Wednesday down in Destin? Uh, We are going to uh, try to uh, get interviews with Ed Orgeron, with Bruce Pearl, with Derek Mason. We've got those, uh, we think, lined up. Uh, we were going to get Kelly Harper last night, but it interfered with Jeremy Pruitt and, and Greg Sankey, so we look forward to interviewing Coach Harper. We'll get as many other interviews that we can. We've already sent back about 15 or 16 interviews from yesterday, including one with Scott Ramsey of the Music City Bowl talking about how Nashville has just boomed as a sports town. 
So uh, that and more will be coming your way.